These are great chairs. Nerd. That's free speech. It is going to be a thing. Come on. Bad Philosophy, episode 17, recorded on January 1st, 2009. The last of the naughties. Hello, everyone, and one to Bad Philosophy and to 2009. It's the new year, everyone, and uh, we're recording this on the first day of the 2009th year on the. Uh, now, what, what are we calling it now? It's not Anno Domini anymore. It's what, Gregorian it's calendar. Gregorian. Gregorian. Uh, it's CE, yeah. Common Era, on the Gregorian calendar. Whatever. It's 2009, folks, and uh, that means it's time to do our little retrospective on. T- 2008. Um, already, I've, I've had some warm, tender feelings about the year. I mean, it was, you know, a lot of cool stuff happened, and we're going to talk about it today, <laughs> and not much else. Um, we've got on the show with us today a, uh, a mainstay, of course, Kevin Saunders. Welcome, Kevin. It just wouldn't be BF without no, me. It would not. And uh, also on the show, returning for his second appearance, Jed... Hello, how y'all doing? And uh, not here on the show with us today because he is stuck somewhere between Victoria and the middle of nowhere, Texas, uh, Matt Legler, uh, who attempted to find a Wi-Fi hotspot in Yoakum and failed because the only Wi-Fi hotspot, (laughs) the library, is closed on New Year's Day. And uh, nobody in the town appears to know what the hell Wi-Fi is anyway, so he's pretty much (laughs) SOL. Um, we miss you, Matt, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to channel you a couple times and, like, say things that we think you might say when you hear. Hopefully that'll make it up to you. But anyways, uh, we'll go ahead and get things started. Um, I'll just, I'll start with you, Kevin. What was something interesting, intriguing, okay. whatever, that stands out for you for 2008? Um, the the big thing that comes to mind immediately is uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Um, which was started with the writer's strike and it was the brainchild of Joss Whedon and um, Je- uh, his brother Zach Whedon and his er, his wife and words are failing me. You, you're familiar with Dr. Yeah, Horrible. Yeah, um, it was an amalgamation of, um, of uh, Joss Whedon comedy, Nathan Fillion um, slapstick and, and just, oh, and Neil Patrick Harris clever expressions uh i think it was just brilliant yeah it was i mean it was a it was something unlike that which had been seen before on the internet because it was it was created specifically for the internet with beyond typical internet production values i mean most of the things you see on the internet as far as like the things that have been tried to be launched by like nbc with like Quarter Life or that roommate show that were on MySpace, stuff like that usually had pretty low production values and was made not necessarily for the audience that is the internet. 
um, which is a slightly different audience than you have that watches TV, for right. example. And and it was, but this was made specifically for the internet for internet distribution. It was going to be free. It was something that Joss Whedon and the others got these other people did in their spare time during the strike um, because Joss Whedon is a writer. And it it was one of these things that that you know a lot of people were excited about. I personally was excited about it when it was coming out when I first heard about it. You know, even the name alone, Doctor Horrible's Sing Along Blog. It is in fact a musical. Was a Enough to get me pumped, yeah. um, and I was expecting something. It wasn't. I wasn't expecting the golden deliciousness that it turned out to be. I, I have to say, it was pretty special, and I, I really enjoyed watching it for the first time. It was. It was cool. Um, a little bit of a, of a disappointing ending, I thought, but it was very Joss Whedon. <laughs> See, I enjoyed the ending because I. I'm positive that was the only way it could end. Um, it was, and I no, without going into spoilers. Because, see, you should have seen Doctor Horrible by now. But anyway, it was an ending that that was a very Joss Whedon ending. You're correct, but it was something that fit the the whole thing. It it, it brought the show to another another level of awesome. I think than a more traditional ending. Okay, I don't know, Jed. Have you seen it? I, no, I was at, in fact making a note to myself because I had started to watch it and then uh, I don't know. I think the moving to Texas process kind of interrupted it. And sadly, uh, well, when you get back to Lubbock, I'm having a Doctor Horrible watching party because I just bought the DVD. That's wonderful. I will have to be there. Certainly. I, mm-hmm. Well, I, I am back in Lubbock, so once you get back, I would be well. Good for happy you. To I'll be back on Sunday. <laughs> As will I. Um, but anyway, yeah. If you, if any of y'all out there have not seen it yet, go to Hulu. It's free. It's awesome. Watch it. Uh, Jen, let's move on to you. Uh, what's your pick for 2008, or at least your first one? Well, I was thinking about it long and hard, and uh, I've decided as the, uh, well, I guess you were, is that correct? Were a physics ma- major? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've decided to go with the, uh, you know, the all the uh, fun and bliss that turning on the Large Hadron Collider <laughs> brought to our our lives um and panic don't forget the panic yeah that's um yes the uh you know suddenly appearing black holes that were going to happen and you know us destroying the universe by turning on a switch i that that's got to be mine and uh while it turned out to be a bit more disappointing than uh you know some theorist had hoped for i i really enjoyed enjoyed the uh nerdy hype that went along with it i think that, yeah i mean it, you know, there are lots of it, oh, was, go ahead. it was really uh anticlimactic actually <laughs> uh, you know they yeah. shut the thing up and uh found out that was the seal broken and uh, i had to shut it down <laughs> so you know no, nothing really so it stopped happened, working um even after all that hype mm-hmm. i have a theory that has just come to me in my brilliance the universe is fond of existing. And because us arrogant little humans have created a device, the Large Hadron Collider, that could in fact destroy the universe, the universe has fought back and has destroyed the Large Hadron Collider. You know, I, I really don't have time for your pantheism today, Kevin. <laughs> um, and I, I just want to call bullshit on that because there was no way it was going to destroy the universe from the beginning. <laughs> And so there's yeah, really no way that the universe would have even wanted to fight back against it. 
I, I think if the universe did have a consciousness, it, it snubbed this out of pure spite. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure Fair that, enough. you know, the universe would have, you know, just somehow targeted the whatever magnets or <laughs> yeah. whatever that was broken in the seal and, you know. Well, we could go into a discussion on entropy and all that. I, I think that, you know, the universe is without a some sort of a conscious... Yeah, I, I think um, this is another, yet another example of the shit happens law. And, um, you know, we're going to wait another six months and, <laughs> and hopefully it will not happen again. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my first pick, I, I'm going to be rather boring about this, but I think it was definitely the election. Um, we had one of the craziest, uh, most overhyped, overcovered, over everything election in American history, and uh, it ended with a thud, <laughs> with uh, some the closest to a landslide that we have seen in this generation, and um, with the result that I think all of us knew was going to ha- happen from the very beginning. I would agree. I, I, it was interesting to uh, come from Colorado, which turned out to be a much more liberal state this year to join my friends down here in Texas and see the uh, resounding uh, groan when they announced the results. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that resounding. I mean, I, I, I groaned, but I was going to groan no matter who won. So Apparently there was dancing in my the streets in Austin. Really um, I have a friend who goes to UT, and she attested that on the, uh, on the night of the big election results uh, coming in, there were multiple parties with uh, alcoholic beverages going on along the drag, which is a, a north-south street that runs along the UT campus. And uh, as soon as, I think it was, what, at about uh, 10 o'clock that the, uh, the final call was made that Obama had won, uh, people promptly flooded the streets and started dancing and cheering. And there was much merriment. <laughs> so not all of Texas groaned. Uh, that reminds me of something because I, I watched the election um, with some good friend of mine, friends of mine, some of whom were rooting for Obama, some of whom were definitely not. Um, but we were watching it, and and we kept noticing how uh, we're watching CNN, the place for news, as long as you don't count, you know, all the other news channels that are out there. Um, how how they were making the announcements um, in regards to who won during during the election, and the polls would close in a certain area. And 30 seconds later, with zero polls report, zero percent reporting in, it said this on the screen, zero percent, they would say who the who the winner was. What? Yes, this is exactly what happened. And they would start getting things in, and generally those the votes they got in matched with you know what they had predicted. But and and they'd been doing this all night, you know, from the first polls closing. Um, and on, and it would be you know two percent or three percent polls reporting, and still they would have a predicted winner when it was a relatively close race in those in some of these areas. And so what really got to me, and I'm not I'm not going to call for a recount. I'm not going to say he didn't win because he won by large margin. But the moment the polls closed in uh, the final places where they were open, California and a few of those other ones, you know, where they were closing later, all that sort of stuff. Once again, not 10 seconds after they closed, CNN reported that Obama had right. won. Um, 
they they said because and because the, and their their little tally of who of the electoral votes that was accurate based on their that was their predictions that wasn't the final count because no nothing had been reported but as soon as those polls closed the ticks went up fought with uh, votes falling on either side and they announced Obama won with with zero information which was at the time was something that really bothered me and and still does just because it it did two things it it lied to me which i'm never fond of and it showed that despite what any of these things say there is an inherent bias in these oh, stations cuz fox news didn't report it until about half an hour later and and i'm not and few people will say that they expect well i don't know the few some people will say they expect their you know television news to be unbiased but it's yeah. not and this was just a really really strong example of that in my opinion that really it bothered me that night because I knew I was I was pretty sure Obama was going to win at that point. Enough po- polls had closed, you know. There was a large enough margin of victory, but it was still one of these things where you're just reporting lies because the, the the bottom of the screen said Obama wins. It didn't say Obama is projected to win. Now that all the polls are closed, we don't have any actual information to back this up with. It just said Obama right. wins. I think the the media was a little bit premature on that for sure, but. You know, they turned out to be right, and they were mm-hmm. at least partially justified in making that call. I I just think they were ready <laughs> for it to be over, honestly. <laughs> I mean, after after all that they'd done over the past two years, to finally be able to say, that's it, it's over, I, I, I think they were ready. But they didn't. They talked about it for another six hours, and then some. I mean, they're still talking <laughs> yeah, about it. Not, not At least not the election part. Just now, you know, what's he going to do? Who's he going to pick? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. What hasn't he right. done? Did you know he has a weekly up he has a weekly address on Hulu? No kidding. Really? Yeah. Um like it's it's amazing how quickly people have assumed he is the president. They have they have accepted that. And he he has a weekly update on Hulu. It's usually 3 or 4 or 5 minutes long. And he talks about various things. And but it's it's just it's astounding to me how quickly George Bush was forgotten <laughs> and Barack Obama became the president, uh, which, is, which in my opinion is just further reasoning of why we should move the inauguration dates up, but that'll oh, yeah. never happen, I mean, there, there's or at no least not in, you know, in this, this reasonable society we yeah, live in. There's no point in having this, this stupid little delay, um, and, and I really think it's, it's funny, you know, it is still President Bush for another, what, two weeks or something? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, until the 20th, so 19 yeah. days. I mean... He's still there. He's still got control. He can still act as president. Uh, you know, Obama doesn't have any power right now. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. It's, it's nope. wishful thinking on people's parts. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think uh, overall 2009 is going to be a, a bland year. Um, you know, we're already in the recession now, of course, and I think that's going to put a damper on a lot of things. I don't think we'll see the, the same type of innovations that we've been seeing uh, in 2008. I think everything is just going to kind of slow down and go into limbo for a period of time. But we'll get to predictions later. Um, Kevin, what is your second pick of 2008? Uh, second pick of 2008. Well, I'm not sure it came out in 2008, and I'm just, I'll, I'll go over it briefly. A film out of Japan called The Machine Girl. 
This is something, we won't spend a lot of time on it, but I have to put a shout out because I had the best time watching this. It is a Tokyo Shock original uh, pink splatter film with lots of gratuitous violence that is very cartoony and completely unbelievable, but it's hilarious. And it's about a bad Japanese girl who gets her arm cut off by a gang of bullies, and then she replaces it with a machine gun and reaps her revenge. Is this live action or anime? <laughs> this is live action. This is live action, and it is it is the epitome of of B movies, B action flicks, and the the action is over the top. People get limbs cut off all the time, and every time they do, there are these huge geysers of blood spurting out from them. Um, you know, at fifty psi <laughs> or higher, it is. It is unbelievable, and I just watched it this past week at a scout camp. Uh, not a, that is an official part of the scout camp thing, but you know something the, us adults were doing while the youth were off doing important things. Um, I mean, it's, it's got a it's got a guy getting you know uh, he he had eight really long nails driven into his head, and eight was too many. He wouldn't talk, but after uh, through the first seven nails, but after the eighth. He just had to give up, and so there's this just it's it. He looks like Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies, except he's bleeding, and it's it's beyond brilliance, whether or not it meant to be. Well, thank you, Japan. And that's my second thing. I'll come up with a better one the next go round. <laughs> All right, Jed, your turn. <laughs> second pick. All right. Evidently, mine tend to be a little bit on the uh, more popular side than Kevin's, but. Uh... Still on the nerdy <laughs> side as well. Um, mine would actually be the uh, death of Michael oh, Crane. Oh yeah. Um, one of my mm. favorite favorite authors, as far as a. Uh, I know that y'all have discussed what what you would call that sort of uh, genre before on BF, but I suppose speculative fiction. I don't know. I just think that, you know, we hadn't really heard much from him of late. You know, was he was obviously struggling with illness but you know i think that he's an important person to remember as far as uh you know summing up the important events at least to me in 2008 yeah i'd never actually read any michael Crichton books before and uh now i kind of want to i mean i've seen of course jurassic park and uh and the andromeda strain and you know various various works that are built on his books but um yeah sure. I'd, I'd never actually read any of his stuff yeah, I I would recommend uh, Andromeda Strain, uh, Terminal Man, even Jurassic Park. But... I did not like Terminal Man. I fell asleep the entire time I tried to read Terminal Man. <laughs> I finished it, but I wasn't impressed. Huh. See, I think I just liked Sorry, the idea I just... of... Uh, I think that was one of my first, you know, moments that I realized I really liked computers when I was reading that book, you know. Yeah, it's possible. Well, I, I read it... At a point where computer technology was so different than how it is how it is described in the book, that I mean, that that was one of the problems with Michael Crichton that happened a lot of time is he would do stuff with cutting edge science stuff that was you know just on the verge of of becoming a big thing whatever he thought would be the next big movement, and oftentimes he was later proven wrong and so his later works reflect that to some extent or his earlier works reflect yeah. that to some extent because. Is different now, and and I try not to view it in that light. But with Terminal Man, I just the action wasn't actiony enough, and the science wasn't sciency enough. Mind you, I've read a lot of his other stuff yeah. and really enjoyed it. Uh, State of Fear, I thought was really good. Prey was really good. Um, Next 
which I believe was actually his last book, which is slightly ironic. Yeah. Um, but next, which was about genetic engineering. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed a lot of this stuff, but Terminal Man was not one that I got a lot of joy out of. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it it was published in 1972, so I, you know, there's yeah, yeah, thirty to forty year. Uh, They've improved computers a little bit. Just a tad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of computers, mm-hmm. um, I I think there have been some excellent advancements in in technology in 2008 for sure. I mean, one. The iPhone 3G. I actually watched the launch of the iPhone 3G while, um, let's see, I experienced it with Matt. Uh, we were on AIM together, both watching the twitlive.tv uh, coverage of the event while following the live uh, updates from macrumors.com from a guy actually sitting in the presentation. Um, so we, I had basically all this this input as the event was happening, as the keynote was coming forward, and it was the most the most convergent, geekiest thing I have ever done, and I will never forget it <laughs> because you know the reality <laughs> distortion field was in full swing. Um, I was you know just mesmerized by every every detail of this new device. That I mean, we really we knew it was coming. We knew that that the iPhone three G was coming, but. Some of the things that they put in there, you know, were mm-hmm. really freaking cool. Um, and you know, as the as the initial hype wore off, uh, I realized that the thing that I, I enjoyed most about that was not the iPhone, but it was that experience of of experiencing an event with you know, hundred, few hundred, a thousand like minded people on the internet at the same time uh, without actually being at the keynote. Um, it, it was profound. I, I really, that's the only word I can use to describe it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I did the, I humorously, I did the exact same thing. I sat there and you no, know, I was actually at work at the time, but I was getting, you know, my friend to check his, uh, first generation iPhone and, you know, like what's happening and what's going on. And, you know, as soon as I could get to a computer, I was checking that as well. So it was, Probably one of my one of my favorite memories of the year, and then also the camping out portion of uh, wh- the day that a- it a- was actually released was kind of fun. I hung out with some people the uh, that night at the uh, AT&T store here in Lubbock. So, yeah, I I'm still uh, locked into. I'm a, pretty sure I did nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still locked into a Sprint contract right now, um, so I I would get an iPhone maybe uh, if not for the fact that I have to commit to spending about two thousand dollars over a two-year period um but you know my beef on cell phone companies yeah. is, is a topic for another day <laughs> and speaking of, of camping out <laughs> I, I know i'm doing two here but uh definitely the raiderville experience that's okay it's phenomenal uh that that was one of my favorite memories from 2008 even though it happened relatively late um you know just just being at that at that place at that moment, being the center of attention of the, the entire nation for a few days was profound. Um, I'm running out of adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> An enjoyable experience for all it involved. Was, it was indeed. And uh, by the way, people, if you haven't listened to Raiderville Diaries, go back and do that. You'll thank me. But anyways, so I, we'll move on to uh, <laughs> kind of the second portion of the show here. Um, Predictions. Predictions for 2009. I have oh, one okay. more. All right, Kevin, you can do one more. As long as it's not a film. Oh. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. No, okay, do it anyway. 
it was. I just wanted to talk about the biggest film in recent history that was released this year. Uh, I think you know what I'm talking about, of course. Mamma Mia. Whoa. No, <laughs> the Dark Knight. Yes. Um, that was that was a big deal. Um, I, I just wanted to mention that you, t- you were talking about premieres and stuff like that, and I didn't have an iPhone experience, but I did go see The Dark Knight at the drive-thru at midnight with a bunch of my good friends, sitting in the back of my friend's pickup in my orange armchair, um, which was a fantastic experience for me, just because it was an amazing film, and and seeing it in that sort of an environment made it all the more fun for me. Yeah, I, I really wish I could have seen it in the back That's of the pickup I, in an armchair. <laughs> I ended up watching it, I think, two weeks after the release with uh, just some uh, friends from high school, all of whom had seen it already, so it, it really wasn't a profound experience among my other profound experiences. Yeah. Jed, do you have any more before we move on? Um, No, I don't. I I don't have any more, though I would echo Kevin's. You know, I also very much enjoyed that premiere. I think I was one of the, not quite the midnight showing, but the, uh, you know, 12.05, where you can say I saw it at midnight, but and only sort of be lying. Yeah, that was a fantastic <laughs> film. Well, um, yeah, predictions for 2009. A lot of, like I said before, I, and, my, and my prediction is sort of that it will be a bland year in all respects due to the recession. What do y'all think of that, and what are some of your um, realistic and outlandish predictions for 2009? Hmm. Uh, oh, come on. See, and you even gave me time ahead of time to prepare this, and I still have no idea. Um, realistic predictions? Um, we won't get out of Iraq nearly as quickly as Obama promised. <laughs> yeah. The economy will be bad. Um, because the government will continue to con- try to control it. Mm, 2012, the movie will come out and will suck. Wait, they're making a movie about that? Yes. What? To be released in 2009. What? Yeah, okay, for those of you who don't know, 2012 is supposedly the end of the world because that's when the ancient Mayan or Aztec calendar ends on, like, December 12th, 2012. And because of that, the world obviously must be ending because the Mayans had so much else right about what they did. And Hollywood has decided to capitalize on this, you know, potential, in air quotes, national world tragedy by making a film called 2012 that is, in fact, about the end of the world on December 12, 2012. What the hell? What the hell? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. See, they make this instead of the Halo movie. Are, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, come on, be honest. You didn't expect the Halo movie to be Dude, good. It could have been great. Did you see the short film uh, Landfall that was released before <laughs> Halo Three? Okay, no, go find that. It's it's I'm not about a, a big Halo fan in general. It's about a ten minute short film, live action with CG, perfectly serious, high production value. Excellent. If they had gotten the crew that made that short film and made the actual full Halo movie, it would have been a box office smash. I mean, it would have made so much money for Microsoft. But they didn't, and they're really stupid, and I hate them because of that. (sighs) (laughs) And I hate hate the fact that they're making these worthless (laughs) movies instead uh, when they could be making fantastic ones. (laughs) Bah humbug. Yeah. What about um, you, Jed? Predictions? I'll, I'll work on my outlandish predictions while you give yeah, your Yeah, go others. ahead, Jed. Or do you even have anything? Jed? Jed? 
You there? Hello? Did I lose Jed? He's hosting the call. Hello? I I think I'm back. (laughs) Jed? Did did you go get a sandwich? Yay! I did not go get a sandwich. I think my microphone turned off accidentally. Oh, accidentally. Right. Sure. I could go for a sandwich right now. That sounds actually delicious. Kevin, will you make me a sandwich? All right, you're a sandwich. Nom, 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 nom. But up. Let's see. You're a sandwich, and I'm hilarious, but looks aren't everything. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> let's see. What's happening that I know of in 2009? I think that the one, again, sort of on the uh, nerdy, geeky side would be the uh, digital TV transition that, you know, my my grandmother and other old people are insanely worried about and everybody else gets that it's not really a big deal um so do y'all know what oh, i'm talking yes. about I, i've been selling the converter boxes like hot i'm aware yeah the, the dtt switch over yeah, i mean we've been selling them so much at radio yeah. shack um we probably have three or four people a day come in and be like oh, yeah i need converter boxes and, and you know they have a little red coupon from the government and we're like yep right over here sure. 15 dollars let me get it to you i i think it's stupid Granted, the video quality is going to be much better under the digital service, and it will allow them to do more things. But I think that the mandatory transition should have been to high definition, not to digital TV. I think HD would have been a far better leap forward than this. Yeah, it's it's painful to watch how late we adopt new technologies or force people to well start using them. It's one of those things where there there wasn't. A demand. I mean, it's it's a situation where no one no one wanted to change because it cost lots of money, and they weren't going to do it if it, not everyone else was going to do it, which is why the government stepped in. This is all information given to me by my yeah. father, so I got to quote my sources. Um, but I I really I mean I don't think it makes enough of a difference. I mean, the the, the one thing that's different now that DTV is going to be a thing is that instead of static on your channels, if you have a bad signal, you just won't get a signal. Yeah. That's Yay. <laughs> that's the biggest difference that I can find um, in the DTV switchover. Because all, all TVs that have been made since, you know, whenever have, have had that. All U.S. citizens get a, can get a free converter box if they do the well, thing right. Well, it's not right, necessarily free. Which is you know, shrouded um, in bureaucracy, so it's hard you, to you do. Get, uh, you get $40 off well, of the price of a converter box, and some of them out there do cost $40. However, the ones that cost $40 are absolute crap. And we've we've had multiple people come in and say, <laughs> yeah, I bought this one at HEB, and it says I need this kind of antenna, and do y'all have it? And and we're like, um, no, it's a piece of crap. Take it back and get one from us. <laughs> now, ours aren't free. Ours are like twenty <laughs> or fifteen dollars, depending on the the sales week. Okay, but well, they're practically they're very cheap. The government is at least making it cheap for people to do this, um, which I think is good. However, okay, the fact that it was delayed for so long. I mean, this was supposed to happen in two thousand six, <laughs> and it just kept getting pushed back. And the fact that it's it's such a weak. Um, step forward. I just think it's a total failure. I mean, when the government tries to do technology, it just fails. Um, which is sort of why I don't, I don't think a national like uh, a nationalized internet infrastructure would ever be a good idea because they would royally screw it up. <laughs> well, it's the government. It's yeah. what they do. The scariest words on the planet are "We're from the government and we're here to help." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, I want to do some like outlandish predictions though, um, and maybe these are all right. So okay. Realistic, but I think um, Yahoo is going to fall finally in 2009. Uh, I think they're finally going to go under. Microsoft is going to buy them for far less than <laughs> Yahoo was trying to sell themselves for uh, this year during the <laughs> the, the wish washing back and forth. Um, so Yahoo will be acquired by Microsoft, and in the process, it will pretty much disappear uh, into the conglomeration of mediocrity that is Microsoft's online services. Uh, and I don't know; it's it's kind of a sad thing, but uh, I think it's it needs to happen, and it will. Yeah, I agree. It's it's been a long time coming, and I think really the only Yahoo service that I use still is their mail. That's about the only only thing that they're good well, that for me. And you still have it. Well, yeah. I mean, Flickr I use. Flickr no, my, fa- my mother still is, uses the... Oh, go ahead. Flickr is the only Yahoo service I use. Um, and I guess... Well, now, one thing that I, I do hope survives, and I really wish Google would have done this first, is Yahoo Pipes. I don't know if y'all have ever played around with it, but it is really oh, yes. cool. No. Um, it's a, yeah, it it's is a slick Web 2.0 interface that Basically, it's a sandbox for RSS. Like, you can take RSS feeds, combine them, translate them, reorganize them, spit them out in a new feed, uh, and put that feed into a new one, create multiple feeds. I mean, it's all in this, this like, uh, this infinite plane interface where you can, like, drop modules in, and, you know, that, that do various things. It's, oh, it's very cool. It, it's more programming-ish than most uh, Yahoo applications. Like, you, you do have to know some things about uh programming structures to really use it fully, but it's one of those tools that just nobody knows about and is insanely cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really fun fun thing to mess around with. I don't use RSS enough to justify it, but it. I remember when it first came out, I think they mentioned it on yeah. Twit. And, uh, nobody knew it, what the hell to do with it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think people still don't know what the hell to do with it, but it's really cool. Um, so that's one Yahoo service that, that I <laughs> would not like to see die, uh, and that I really would like to see Google buy, because I don't want that dying due to Microsoft. Um, I don't know. Uh, Kevin, Jed, outlandish predictions. I have an outlandish for- prediction. In 2009... During the World Rowing Championships held in Lake Malta in Pozon, Poland, a freak earthquake will cause a fissure to open up in the middle of the lake, draining it entirely. This will soon be, this will cause the championship to be replaced with the World Boat Pushing Championships. Also, I will learn to juggle. Wow. Um, you read that from somewhere. Yeah. Made it up on the spot. The locations are correct. I do know that the lake that Lake Malta is where the World Rowing Championships will be held this year. You seriously just made that up. That's impressive. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why he's an actor. <laughs> a writer, not uh, an actor. <laughs> and Jed? Eh, fair enough. Oh, let's see. I I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm creative enough to, uh, you know, really <laughs> come up with anything to follow that. But, uh, you know... Maybe once they turn, you know, to to bring it back to the LHC, you know, maybe maybe the universe really will be destroyed, and you know, it turns out the Mayans were three years or 
early or yeah, late, say, rather. The ultimate irony would be <laughs> if they, they turn the LHC on, and on the premiere day of 2012, the universe gets destroyed. Yeah. Well, I at would least love it, that to happen. I mean, I'm, would, I'm, I'm a fan of the universe, and I like it and all, but still. I would be laughing. It would save us from watching yeah, that. I would be laughing all the way until my pieces were disintegrated. <laughs> the irony would be yeah. too much. Uh, let's see. Outlandish predictions. Um, I don't know. I, like I said before the show, I, I think Apple needs to come out with just the the Jesus device just to like screw everyone over and uh, you know have it be like Steve. <laughs> the last thing Steve Jobs does, you know, he comes on stage says, "Oh, and one more thing, we have released a a five by eight full screen multi touch tablet netbook Mac." And then, you know, just watch everyone start crying on their knees with, with joy uh, at the keynote because they've and, – and, and have them say, oh, and yes, it does have copy and paste. <laughs> oh, well done. I think that last bit made it yeah. worth it for me. That would be fantastic. Um, and then probably walk off the stage and, and never be seen again by anyone. Because <laughs> he would just go by, by his island and live there for the rest yeah, of his life. Which, which I think he totally should. I mean, I – if I were him, I would do that. I would just create like the Macverse uh, and mm-hmm. have it be some island in the Caribbean worth only Mac stuff on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I have another outlandish hmm. prediction. In the wake of the economic crisis that will not get resolved in 2009, U.S. will go back to the gold standard in hopes of attaining a more stable currency as the U.S. dollar value inflates dramatically. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I want to carry around a million dollars. Or deflates. You know, like like back in Germany yeah. when they had their their huge inflation period, people were carrying around like you know ten trillion uh, notes and stuff. I, I want to carry around a million dollar bill, mm-hmm. a real one, <laughs> a real Not one. one of those fake ones you get from the time. Not that one with Bill Clinton on <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, uh, yeah, that that's a good one. Yeah, I I actually would not actually be surprised if something like that. Maybe not quite the gold standard, but something were to you know try to tire our financial system back down to earth a little you bit you know what, what i would love to see ron paul standing up in front of the the house right there with this just this, this smug expression on his face just like go up <laughs> mr speaker i told you so gold standard i would love that to see would be that epic that would make me start watching c-span it, it again would. yeah <laughs> And, and honestly, C-SPAN is pretty entertaining sometimes. Because you get those guys... I mean, I'm surprised at how many people in the house have absolutely no speaking ability whatsoever. I mean, these guys are just horrible. Um, uh-huh. Horrible at ad-libbing. Horrible at even reading something off a transcript. I don't know how they get elected. It just... It baffles me. <laughs> and it is it is rather entertaining sometimes. Because they, they try to pull these analogies out of their head and they just don't work 90 <laughs> percent of the time mm-hmm. but uh do it people turn on c-span watch for about half an hour and uh guarantee you you'll laugh a couple times yeah c-span four is where it's at wait there's there's more than two there's really yes oh my god um you can actually get them all on the interwebs and there's C-SPAN. I'm going to go to cspan.org and yeah, check okay, it real so quick. C-SPAN.org because it's C-SPAN. Well, now, C-SPAN 1 and 2 are... House and Senate. We go to two schedules. Oh, there's only three. Okay. Excuse me. C-SPAN 3. Um, oh, is that C-SPAN Book TV? Let me... Let me uh, no, Book TV is shown on the other ones. 
Um, C-SPAN 3 is, uh, I think it's history and stuff. It's, it's actually got some interesting stuff on it. Um, well, anyway, C-SPAN. Love it or else. It's good stuff. I actually watched, I watched a filibuster not too long ago. Yeah, that's when things get really ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, C-SPAN 3 covers other live events and archived historical programming. It's C-SPAN classic. <laughs> oh, my oh. goodness. Classic. Uh, I, ha- I have another outlandish so. prediction that uh, Skynet will become self-aware and, uh, you know, the ter- Terminator movies will, you know, become oh, truth, right. you know. Uh, Microsoft's new Azure initiative, yeah. right? That's... That's Skynet. <laughs> yes. yes. Judgment Day. What the great thing is, like, I looked into Azure um, briefly after I heard the the twit about it, and uh, it's it's really not a cloud OS. It's something undefined. It's like it's like this just blob of, of cloud hosting slash whatever. Um, it's not really. I don't think even like they said on Twitter. I don't think even Microsoft knows what it is. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe it knows what it is, and that's mm. the scary part. Yeah, one thing, see, going back to C-SPAN, that they do occasionally, you don't see it often, um, but they'll show the British Parliament, which is so much more exciting than our House and Senate, because they yell at each other and call each other's names, and, like, they insult each other and say, you're an idiot, and it is all done in British accents, which makes it even funnier. Oh, that's amazing. I want to watch that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's not... There's not a lot of... It doesn't happen a lot, but every now and then it happens, and it is... You want American... If you, you would expect American politics to be like this, not the British ones. You'd expect, you know, British politics to be, you know, really formal, straightforward, Robert's Rules of Order, all that sort of stuff, but, I mean, they 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 yell, they fight, like, not fist fight, but they argue, and they interrupt each other, and it's it's like a courtroom brawl, and it's awesome. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's C-SPAN Asia, where you get the fist fights. <laughs> oh man well i, I oh, want to come that's... up with some more outlandish predictions um how about this um people will finally realize that uh paying for contract phones is the stupidest thing in the world and will demand that the major cell phone companies sprint verizon and at&t go to a completely pay-as-you-go service for all their phones i wish <laughs> that would happen actually i i mean that, that's pretty outlandish yeah it will. It will never happen. Well, it may someday when you know the government decides to step in and you know say by you know twenty forty all cell phones will be you know then you'll have to buy a converter box for <laughs> right. it or something. You have to like fit this. this I really, I really don't want the U.S. to do that. <laughs> oh, oh, and uh, they'll stop charging for text messages because that's ridiculous anyway. Because they cost absolutely nothing for the phone company. Most of them don't. Do. <laughs> or a lot of them don't, I should say. No, they do. All of them do. Well, not really. Like, the Verizon plan that my family is on, like, the the Verizon family plan, every single plan that was available to us had automatic free, not free, but automatic unlimited texting. There was no extra cost uh, for texting with the plans that we were looking at. So, I mean, a lot of them have, have gotten to the point where they do have unlimited texting. Um... You know, we had we have 800 minutes a month to share between three of us or four of us, but we have as many texts as we could ever want to use. Bandwidth is so cheap. I mean, the thing is, if if the cell phone company is transferred to completely you know, voice over IP infrastructure, um, you could get unlimited everything for you know 10 bucks a month, 
you know, if they gave, if they brought Skype to the iPhone, if Google created a a cell phone network that was free and ad supported, <laughs> that's an outlandish prediction right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been waiting for them to buy that Spectrum for like like how long? Ooh, I thought of a uh, another outlandish Go. prediction. Joss Whedon's new show, Dollhouse, will be canceled within the first five minutes. <laughs> However, it will be quickly replaced by the uh, lost season of Firefly, which Joss has been secretly recording since the show was canceled to begin Bad with. Ass. So, so Dollhouse is like yeah. this this, uh, this front for Firefly so he can bring it back on the air. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. It's I my would, outlandish prediction for 2009. I would be okay yeah, with that. Very okay with that. <laughs> Love how the... Speaking uh, of Firefly... Go ahead, Kevin. Go, go ahead, Jed. Okay, oh, fine. Speaking of Firefly, my sister, who is awesome... I'm going now, so <laughs> deal with it. My sister, who is awesome and also a knitter, um, made for me for Christmas the hat that Jane Cobb wears in a given episode of Firefly. The little felt ha- or, uh, knitted hat that's red and orange and yellow that his mother sends him when they stop and get mail. That is the most absurd-looking thing ever. Google Jane hat and you'll see it. My sister made it for me because she loves me that's and is awesome. awesome. So you and Leo have matching hats now. <laughs> that's great. Apparently. Because uh, Leo Laporte has a, has a Jane hat as well that someone sent him. <laughs> Does yeah. he? That's pretty yeah. sweet. Um, and he wore it on an... I think he wore it for the iPhone launch, as a matter of fact. <laughs> now that I recall. Wow, that's <laughs> that's a wonderful connection right there. That's you pretty know. cool. We had Let, bad let's philosophy. wrap it up with, uh, with New Year's resolutions. Kind of, you know, bring it home to what we hope to do. And you don't have to be serious about it. It can be just, you know, one of your more offbeat New Year's resolutions. And uh, I, I guess I'll begin... My my okay. New Year's resolution is fourteen forty by nine hundred at thirty uh, two bit color depth. Mm. <laughs> 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 it actually gets funnier the more yeah. I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, I think I think we just lost you know massive cool points, but gained many more I, in our nerd, nerd so. street cred. Um, well, it's been kind of a nerdy show anyway, so I wanted to end it on that note. Uh, anyway, Kevin, yours? Um, I will wake up at approximately 6.30 every morning, maybe even 6 o'clock, spend an equal amount of time uh, practicing my ukulele, getting ready for the day, and surfing the internet before going to school and teaching a class for seven to eight hours a day until the end of May. Also, I will learn to juggle. You and juggling? Yeah. My sister made me juggling balls for oh, Christmas too. Oh, I see. Uh, Jed, yours? Um, I don't know that I could follow follow either of yours with anything comical. So I will, uh, I will do one of my real ones, which is to uh, try a uh, new new restaurant at least once once a week, asking for their most popular dish. That's uh. I don't know. I'm, hmm. I've, I've decided that uh, I don't know nearly enough about the uh, food offerings in this town, so uh, that's my uh, serious one to uh, you know get to know a little bit more about Lubbock. Very admirable. That sounds fun. And actually, that was a real New Year's resolution for me. Oh, so okay. Well, um, 
while it was funny, it was also actual. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess I could do the, the whole boring, you know, be a better person, be successful, achieve stuff, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, oh, oh, mm-hmm. I, I got a good one. Stay alive. <laughs> no, that would be the Don't New Year's 2012. Yeah, that, okay, that would be my, my resolution for 2012. Yeah. Correct, Jed, yeah. I have a, a list of three I always do, which is don't explode, grow a beard, and eat less salad. Because <laughs> everyone knows salad is horrible. Uh, and, I mean, it totally stunts beard growth. Mm-hmm. I've met my resolutions, those three. I seem to meet almost every yeah. year. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap things up here on Bad Philosophy, the first Bad Philosophy of 2009. We can now say Bad Philosophy. Coming to you since 2008. Um, <laughs> thank you all for being on the show. It was wonderful. Uh, Matt, uh, we didn't channel you at any point, but... Uh, oh, hey, okay, before we leave, let's all... Um, let's say... Let's try to come up with what Matt would have said had he been here. What do you think would be Matt's New Year's resolution? Um, I would say to appear on a better <laughs> portion of... Uh, Bad philosophies. You know, that's a good one. I think we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Matt? That's, that's his New Year's resolution yeah, now. Matt, we hope you can take a hint. Hint, hint. Uh, anyways, thank you, Kevin, for being on the show. Glad to be here. And uh, Jed, thank you for, for hosting this Skype call and for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Uh, anytime you'd like to use me for my uh, somewhat high-speed internet connection, you just let me know. <laughs> well, hopefully our, our next episode will be back <laughs> in person at Texas Tech University. And... Uh, I have ordered a, a rather fancy headset for it, so we might actually have the second coming of uh, audio quality on one of our episodes one of these days. <laughs> that should be that should be my resolution. <laughs> don't stop believing. Yeah, don't stop believing. <laughs> um, well, thank you all for listening. Happy New Year. Um, be most excellent in 2009, and may it be a very bodacious year. And party on, dude. And party on, dude. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Bad Philosophy. There's a hierarchy of nerddom, and every nerd is either above or below other nerds based on this hierarchy. And us folks who just play like D&D are much higher on the hierarchy than those nerds who dress up as their characters and throw beanbags at each other. And we take pride in that. Badphilosophy.com. You're a sandwich, and I'm hilarious. (laughs) 